0: Hey, Snowflake, the real world doesn't have time to make sure your boo-boo's okay. Suck it up, buttercup!
1: Oh yeah? Well, how else are people expected to speak up against power and abuse if they are never allowed a place to do it in? Well,
0: if you think safe spaces are killing free speech, then unfriend me! Hello everybody,
1: welcome back to Unfriend Me. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Good morning, Justin.
0: Yo, what up, Scott?
1: <laughs> you really got into that one. That was um that was some over the top jury moments and I felt it. It felt good.
0: We got to we got to represent the I mean this is a show about anger and and our response to it. So we got to uh we got to represent it. We, 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 yeah. we, we all got to start in, a, in an understandable place.
1: Yeah. My wife's out of town. I'm a little cranky. I'm glad we're talking about the topic we have today because this one involves less death of people. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. But as always the case with Unfriend Me, we like yeah. to look back to last week and, and rediscover a little bit of some of your thoughts regarding the episode we did on gun control. Uh, who did we hear from this week?
0: Well, uh, we, we, we heard from more representation for whatever reason. I was listening back to the episode, and we, got, we took three calls, and two of them were from Brooklyn. So uh, uh, I think we got a little bit more diversity here, which is good. Yeah. Let's begin with Steve. He wrote, if somebody could assure me that every gun in the world would be vaporized forever, I'd gladly agree to give up my firearms. Since that's not likely to happen, I'm convinced education is the key for everyone, even if they have no desire to personally own a firearm. If more people had a better understanding of firearms and firearm safety, I believe they would be more open-minded about entertaining views and opinions from both sides of the debate. As it stands, I avoid getting into any discussion about firearms with people other than my friends because it seems that their minds are already made up, and uh, if I don't agree, then I'm wrong. Communication is the key to solving most of life
1: problems i agree with steve especially to the point of even those of us who are not gun owners and don't really have any desire or need or even get that much enjoyment out of them recreationally would probably would do us all a little bit of good if we went to a gun safety class or if we uh dug in a little deeper into what gun culture is outside of what we're told it is um i i i I find nothing wrong with what steve's saying and i think a lot of people would agree with him that if you could Guarantee all guns forever gone. Sounds good to a lot of people, but that is not going to happen. And he's he makes a good point. So, yeah, further understanding, dig deeper, learn about the other side. That's kind of what the show's about uh, uh let, you want to uh, here's this one from brian from denver we like denver sure. we have a lot of friends from denver this is yeah the, this, I,
0: I think you might even know brian from denver
1: yeah we do i don't know if this is him though but uh he says clearly laws have done nothing to keep illicit drugs out of the hands of motivated drug drug users gun users rather the same could be said of gun crime if you peel away the statistical onion you uh discussed on the show it would probably reveal that a large percentage of cases where gun violence was committed on another person it involved an illegally obtained weapon. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know. We don't have. Do we have numbers on that? I don't know if that's true. I mean, maybe. So well,
0: I mean, I think that the, uh, also that's kind of the, the, there are two points there. Number one, uh, what many would say is that the point is not to necessarily solve every problem. It, it's more that uh, you want to make it harder for people that have ill intentions to get guns, and if it is easier for them to do it, then you are uh putting more uh you know responsibility in the hands of folks who uh probably shouldn't have it so yeah. uh th- that's that's a larger problem, although I will say that on the other end he makes a good point that you know uh we we pointed out on the show yesterday or last week that a large proportion of gun violence, of homicides, gun homicides are caused between young men, and many of them are black. Mm-hmm. And it does not take a lot of uh, a dot connecting to say that much of that is because of the drug trade, and that is caused by a prohibition. So what happens if the prohibition isn't about the things that guns are protecting, but rather guns are protecting other guns?
1: Mm. Yeah. What 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 does that do? Yeah. Could get weird. Could get ugly.
0: Zach from Canada writes, uh, now I am from Canada, so I don't fully understand your country's politics and laws. <laughs> He's like unfrozen caveman <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> I am from Canada. I do not understand your country's politics and laws.
2: Uh,
0: uh, everything. So feel free to disregard this entirely. <laughs> we have elected not. Uh, however... I do believe that you missed a pretty big legislation that shines a light on what is really viewed as a threat to your country, and that is race. In 1967, Reagan passed the Mulford Act, which banned the public carrying of loaded weapons. This act was passed in response to a group of Black Panthers patrolling Oakland, Oakland, mm. uh, roads in what uh, they called cop watching. To my understanding, they also marched on the California state capitol to protest this bill. Uh, the way it looks from my end is some old white guy can kill a bunch of people in a church from a hotel, on a street, in the schools, wherever, and then gun control becomes the topic of conversation and nothing more. When a group of black guys starts exercising their rights to bear arms, something must be done. As much of the racial drama in the world is saddening and, quite frankly, disgusting, a part of me believes that with the right movement of rights groups, people could actually be done about the gun control in your country. It seems as if the people protecting the gun laws at the moment are threatened by race, and we'll do whatever they need to protect themselves from what they stupidly think is a threat.
1: Hmm. That's hard for me to argue with. I think there's a, that's a huge part of it. And it actually goes to what you were saying earlier about, you know, where's the gun violence happening? And, and it's impossible to ignore the the racial threads in all of this. Or maybe it isn't impossible. And that's part of our problem is we keep trying to ignore it. Um, or those who can do something about it, ignore it. But you're absolutely right. If um, I, I know this in my heart of hearts. If that Vegas shooting had been um, a 22-year-old black kid, it would have been a different framing. If it would have been someone from a Middle Eastern descent, it would have been a different framing. Um, all of that stuff would have been treated differently than it was because it was a middle to you know retirement age white man. With no, oh, r- no
0: without without a doubt. I mean, uh, race permeates uh, almost every. T- I mean, like uh, most topics that we're going to talk about on this show, there is at least some level of, you know, the the other baked in. Uh, the the big, you know, mysterious other, uh, and and in many ways that's race and sexuality and yep. gender. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, there's even voices in pop culture. You know, Killer Mike, who is uh, a rapper with with Run the Jewels, but has uh, been somebody that. Is very politically outspoken and uh, campaigned for Bernie Sanders in uh, across the country, but specifically in Georgia, uh, is a very very big Second Amendment guy, and and his reasoning is, well, I don't really trust the police or the government all that much. Yeah. So, you know, uh, because by the way, uh, you can there's reams and reams and reams of history of why I shouldn't be trusting them all that much as a as a black man in america
1: yeah it's a tough cycle i don't know how we break it star trek save us uh from australia we get an email from chris who says the american gun control debate seems insane and infuriating those two words were in all caps for emphasis australia used to be a gun-friendly country like america particularly given our many many animals that we want that want to murder us all but but we had a big mass shooting in 1996 of 35 people the port arthur massacre Uh, And our government then went straight into action, doing a gun buyback slash amnesty program briefing or sorry, briefly raising our Medicare levy to pay for it. And since then, we have had zero mass shootings. Um, Yeah, the Australian example is often used uh, as a as an example of why this can work or should work. And uh, uh, the only argument against it or the only reason I would say that we have a hard time Hitting that mark is one just sort of geographically and historically we're a very different nation and I've heard a million arguments from gun uh gun pro gun owners who think the that the comparison is ridiculous, and I don't have all of those in front of me, so it's hard for me to to uh convey those here in this conversation as brief as we were touching on this email but it it must seem insane to them like i i what i I guess what I wanna say is I understand Chris and others in nations where guns have been brought to a halt to, to have them see us supposedly this leader of the free world, supposedly this country that seems to have it going on in many, many other ways, uh, historically, uh, despite our problems, can't seem to get our head around this thing. And all I would say is it's like, it's in your DNA. I mean, it's part of our literally part of our constitution and is politicized. So, and so cemented politically that it's very difficult to break that stuff up. So that's all I can say to defend it, but I get why people see it from the outside and go, what is wrong with you guys? I, totally I, get
0: I applaud anybody who brings up answers, right, as opposed to just pointing out
1: questions loudly. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, the only thing that I, I will say is, uh, Scott, do you know how many people are in Australia, the population of Australia? Total
1: Australians, I'm going to say, so what, we're almost 400 million here, I'm going to say there. they're at uh, 100 million.
0: 24 million people. <laughs> That's all. And uh, do you know how many people are in my state of California?
1: Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 80 million Californians. 9 million people. Right. So I'm not even close. Uh,
0: it is it is a significant difference in in population. There's also a significant difference in guns on the ground uh, at the point uh, that the Port Arthur massacre happened in the mid 90s in Australia versus. Uh, that where, where they are here. This is not to say that it wouldn't work. This is to say that it is a different problem, at least in scale. Yeah. Uh, Dan in Detroit writes, I'm a practicing lawyer, gun owner, concealed carry permit holder, and a competition shooter. Two quick notes on gun control. One, it is a hot button and emotional issue and rarely do good policies come out of hot button and emotional issues. Kids are dying. We need to stop drugs, alcohol, Dungeons & Dragons, games, movies, comics. Two, dovetailing into that, what gun policy can be proposed that has not already been tried? Or why will it succeed now? What can be done to guns that has not already failed with guns, abortions, alcohol, drugs? For me, my life informs too much of what governments around the world are capable uh, of, good and ill. In my lifetime, I've noticed that the same politicians, Al Gore and Joe Lieberman, asking for common sense gun control, also wanted common sense speech control, common sense privacy control, and common sense content control uh uh, obviously dan uh you know taking a a political line in the sand i I offhand could probably name a few uh uh, conservative politicians who have also wanted to restrict things but
1: i could name i could name one in the white house right now that suggests that the first amendment ought to be uh changed a bit so that uh we could not allow certain press organizations to say whatever they want so sure you could that argument's made on both sides to his point though I agree that a lot of that stuff has been explored. I don't know if all of it has. I mean, he asked the question, what gun control ideas have we tried that, or that, that haven't worked have we even tried, meaning have we tried everything? And I don't think so. Um, there's one big aspect to this I'd say that's, that no one ever seems to talk about, and I wish they would more, and that is the day we live in provides a unique opportunity to create uh, pretty awesome tools in the form of software and interconnected internet-connected databases that would go a lot further in making sure that verifiably mentally ill people don't get guns or uh, better tracking of the guns that are out there and less weird backdoor sales at gun shows and stuff like that. Like, there, there, there is a technological aspect of this that nobody seems to bring up anymore. Uh, it is largely not a, a, a unified system right now, and you could argue all day about what that even means, but I think that that's not been nearly explored enough. So it's a new wrinkle in the old debate. Can we with technology figure out a way to better manage what it means to distribute, to own, to manage guns in this country? And no one's talking about that and I don't know why. So that's the only thing I would suggest. I mean, he's right in a lot of the other sort of ways and he's also right about Al Gore and Joe Lieberman. They were, they were duplicitous in that way, but so are conservatives. So, I, you know, the fact that nobody has any good answers doesn't mean there isn't one and I think I think technology could be used in a way uh, and maybe exploited in a way that would be bad. But but initially, my my thought is that there's a lot more we could do with that.
0: Raymond in Tampa writes, I truly believe that there is no reason why any private citizen needs to have a magazine with more than 10 shots. Responses to me in the past have been obviously you've never duck hunted. Uh, If uh, I am protecting myself from an invading force, I do need a magazine with more than 10 shots. My response to the first is, to become a better shot, if you have to pull out a (laughs) semi-automatic shotgun with a 100-round barrel mag to hit three or four ducks, that is not very sporting, and maybe you should look at a different means of getting food to your table. My response to the second straw man argument is if you need to defend your home from an invading government force, you will fail no matter how many rounds you
1: have. Yeah, I've heard this argument before, and I think that there's some value to that. I, I think... I think it doesn't matter if you say, let's say all you have is hunting rifles and they're single shot, bolt action. The only damage you're really going to do in this world is to a deer. okay? and and you've done that lawfully and you have it. Uh, If you if that person, that duck hunter or that, that deer hunter hears that they're about to ban a bunch of assault weapons, something he's never planning on owning, it doesn't actually matter. To him, to him, that slippery slope time, it's one thing leads to another, it's they're coming after my, my guns, even my even my basic gun. So I don't actually think, I think that part of the problem is us assuming that why do they need all this firepower? It doesn't matter. You suggesting that someone con- should control their guns makes people defensive and want to immediately defend their Second Amendment right. So it doesn't do any yeah. good, as this is what I'm saying. It nobody listens to that and then make, and changes their mind.
0: I, I do think that these are the kinds of arguments that uh, can be actually talked out. Like if if we are going to start to deal with the advanced uh, jujitsu of of how to handle gun legislation, then uh, there is no reason why you can't have a good conversation with somebody that when a lot of what we got both in, in the calls and in the emails were, I don't know why you need a gun. Mm hmm. Well, there's a lot of people that emailed in and explained why they want to need guns. And, and on a very, 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 very elementary base level, we can at least solve that. You yeah. can at least know why a well uh, right minded person wants to own something or why a right minded person doesn't understand why you would want to own something.
1: Sure. And it can be you can apply it to a lot of things. Uh, you know, there are some voices in this world that would like to end my video game love and my ability to buy them at will. Um, that's not nearly the controversy it used to be in the nineties, but yeah, you know, that's something I want and I would defend and I would have reasons to defend. So I, I think I get it. In fact, I've come around a lot more on this recently, given our conversations about this than I ever have before, because you know, you can't just throw away what you, you think somebody else wants a thing and you think that's dumb. That's not an argument That's you not knowing That's you not being willing to figure out why it is they want it. And maybe, maybe that will lead to a better understanding. Robert wrote it and says, "Well, I understand the emotions around, I need to protect my home argument. I think that if you stop and think about it for a while, it starts to break down. It often seems that people have this heroic idea in their head that they will whip out their Glock 9 and start to go all Jason Bourne on some home invaders. I don't think that's the case. Police officers, soldiers, and officers, uh, officers who carry a firearm for their job are trained extensively not on uh, just accuracy, but also on how to use that weapon under duress. While I don't have hard data on this, I get the feeling that the average person would not perform so well. I know personally that I would probably be a quivering mess in a situation where I am trying to shoot a human being with bullets. Uh, It's a good point. We see a lot of movies. You know, you hear Mark Wahlberg say, "Ah, if I was on that plane, uh, 9-11, I would have taken those guys out. We would have never crashed it. Easy to say, easy to imagine, easy to picture in your head. Whole different animal when you're sneaking around the house trying to figure out what that shadow in the kitchen is.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I also think that again, this is one of those things where, if this seems like a a Martian idea to you, I can assure you that there are many people who don't think it's a Martian idea. Right? Yep. That 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 say no. Well, that's why I go get trained in how to shoot. That's why I I I, I prepare for this, uh, or I just feel more comfortable that even if it just meant me firing. You know, a a warning shot into my uh, floorboard that at least the other you know person would know that I'm, you know, that this is a a more dangerous concept. And theoretically, if we are to believe that a car thief seeing a club is enough to think, well, maybe not that car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and is is the knowledge that said so that you've woken up somebody that has a gun. Uh, uh enough to make you just say you know let's let's rethink this house
1: yep i totally agree now that we've solved collectively both you with your fine emails and us with our commentary the whole problem of gun control and it's behind us forever <laughs> let's yeah. move on to safe spaces and 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 we probably you probably ought to define what that is because i know that's a, like a term that gets thrown around and some people hear it immediately go safe spaces you bunch of snowflakes
0: yeah well so let, what let, is let's- it there i say i say safe spaces and what do you think scott you define it for me right now just off the top of your head
1: all right so there uh, for a long time i'm going to be very honest about this and expose myself i thought well i'm not going to expose myself we live in a post weinstein world i gotta be careful about what i say yeah uh i'm gonna say that i thought it was the gun free zones what are those called um Oh wow. Like in Chicago, they were trying to have like an area where there was zero guns. I, what's that I forget the name of it, whatever it is, but I thought that was a
0: gun-free zone.
1: Gun, maybe that's what it is, but there wasn't there's a term that people are using and Trump's always talking about how they don't work and and I can't remember what it is for the life of me. But anyway, that's what I thought it was for a while. So I thought when people would bring up safe spaces, I thought that's a, what they were talking about, but then I'd get curbed on the conversations would be about, you know, oh, well, people Uh, in a vulnerable position, uh, be they uh, transgender or they're, um, you know, have some other thing that society has either traditionally or even recently given them a hard time for are looking for a place where they can express their thoughts and their views without retaliation. They want to be able to do it like, you know, like I provide for my kids. You guys need to talk. Come talk to dad. I'm a safe place. You know, that's, that's my basic, very core understanding of it. But man, there are people who like to make fun of it. Or rip on it or say it's a bad idea
0: uh all right so if you if you were to give voice to that element of it how uh, uh how, how would how would you describe the the critical commentary on on what a safe space is, or let's even go go further and say that your definition is totally correct, what is an overreaching application of a safe space
1: well uh, my my belief is that a safe space has the potential to go around the entire track and overlap itself and become the thing it was trying to avoid. By that, I mean, if you are saying, well, we're creating a safe, let's say it's a college, because we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, Let's say we've got a campus, we're a, you know, I guess a liberal school or something. And we say, we're going to create a safe space around the commons here where people from all stripes of life can express themselves, can can uh, move about with, without uh, uh, judgment or, or, or any sort of re- repercussions. They can be who they are, say what they want, express their grievances, and so on. If you provide that space, you open up this thing where you're saying, well, all right. I mean, right, let's look at Charlottesville a little bit that way. Who, okay. who do you not let into your safe space, and why isn't it a safe space for them? In other words, now you're going to have to take sides on who, who the space is safe for. And if you start regulating that, you become the kind of thing you were trying not to do, which is be a place that discriminates based on somebody's points of view. And the, the biggest criticism I actually have for Safe Spaces, because I actually, I'm a big believer in the concept of it, the idea that we should be able to have a place where we can discuss things openly and not feel oppressed, for lack of a better term. It's a little umbrella-like, but whatever. I'm into that. I think that's a nice thing for humans to figure out a way to do for each other where i have a problem with the actual quote-unquote policy of it is you're going to have to police that and you're going to get trolled immediately because people who see this as as you're a bunch of snowflakes or what a bunch of wimps suck it suck it up and pull up your pants come on you bunch of babies those people will immediately show up and say well wait a minute how come this isn't a safe place for me and my ideas how come i can't bring my ideas here that doesn't make any sense this is a This is counteractive. This is a what a contradiction you guys are showing here. Like you immediately cause that kind of thing. Well, because
0: the idea would theoretically be, all right. Well, we we understand that society enforces one set of ideals or is hostile to a set of ideals. So we are carving out a safe space for them. And then, if the overreach, the overreach would then be, yes, we are carving out a safe space for them to the exclusion of all else. Right. And now we have just reset the agenda to a different. thing for which is is hostile to another different thing yeah you've become you
1: don't see it see it this way but you have become the thing you hate you just don't aren't the you just are doing the one the stuff you like and the stuff you hate thinks you're doing it to them now it's just all switched and then it's just about who has it's a power dynamic thing too but yeah I mean that's my biggest problem with it my problem isn't that it's not a nice idea or that it wouldn't be great I my problem is the practicality of it
0: So let's go ahead and, uh, as we like to do on this show, let's completely reshape the argument by actually looking at where things started. Great. Uh, In her book, Mapping Gay LA, scholar and activist Maura Kenny traces the term safe space to the idea of a gay and lesbian bar in the mid-60s with anti-sodomy laws still in effect. A safe space meant somewhere where you could go and be in good company, at least until the cops showed up. Gay bars were not safe in the sense that they were being free from risk, nor were they safe as in they were reserved. A safe place was where people could find practical resistance to political and social repression. More so, a safe space was not free of internal disagreement, but it did mean a devotion to a common political project. Those who attempted to undermine the movement, consciously or unconsciously, would be kept outside. By the way, there's a couple of these Little fun uh, tidbits that you get when you you know. Uh, by, by the way, research is a a very charitable term yeah. for me looking up, uh, googling articles and uh, <laughs> copy and pasting them into a, a, a Google sheet. Right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, this is uh, one of the the you know uh, elements from this is that there is a a, a element of uh, you know feminist queer thought that's really frustrated by the fact that this. Term totally got ripped from them and made into something totally different.
1: Yeah, that happens a lot. I've noticed. um I was I, there was an example of this the other day, and I can't think of what it was. But there's a. It's easy for. Oh, I know. It, was, it actually kind of goes back to our kneeling during the national anthem episode, our first episode, in that the 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 act of protesting. Some some pr- those who are protesting are angry, uh, or those who agree with the reason that the original protests were happening because. Why they're protesting is getting lost in this adoption of it as being a way to disrespect the flag, disrespect the the troops of the anthem or whatever. And it was never about that in the first place. And they're like, well, wait a minute. What about our thing? You've taken it. now Now it's some other thing and it's a different conversation. And Mike Pence is walking out of it and saying this disrespects our flag when really the whole thing had nothing to do with the flag or the anthem or anything else in the beginning. So I don't know if there's a term for that. But people don't like it when you lift their protest and make it your own or twist it into something else. They hate that.
0: And and furthermore, there uh, uh, was another article that I was reading that the idea of a safe space being very specific can very often further marginalize from the left a lot of these communities. So if you have a safe space for uh, uh, you know uh, African American students and a safe space for women. Right. You are. Uh, and this is more on the legal sense that uh, if you've carved up provisions for both, then you actually have a way that you can get out of uh, uh, paying the price uh, when you uh, persecute black women
3: because mm-hmm.
0: right. you, you've sliced everything very, very thin. So that, that just so you know, number one, safe spaces are a fairly controversial idea. That, and, and, and it is not only from the right, for which we will get into the unending supply of hatred that the right has for the idea, but also very much from, from the left, that, that this is not a perfect uh, uh, system, nor does it necessarily get us further uh, in uh, you know, uh, solving the problems that they want to solve.
1: Right. I completely agree with that. And I would just add to that one tiny note, that is that I think we're seeing the manifestation of a group who hated the idea of safe spaces, who hated the term triggered, who loved to label everybody as snowflakes and as special little uh, unique butterflies or whatever derogatory terms they were using uh, in the past, who are now, they flipped roles. They're doing doing what they say the other side was doing. And it, it drives me slightly crazy to no end to hear it because now they're saying, well, wait, what are you saying? You're not going to listen to my point of view. Like, they're doing the same thing. They have become the snowflake. The snow. The snowflake chucker has become the snowflake itself. And that, I think, is fascinating because uh, it really has taught me a thing about, it's not really about who's a snowflake or who isn't a snowflake. It's about who's got the cards at any given time. Yeah. And the other side's the snowflake. It happens every freaking time. Well, anyway. all right,
0: let, let, let's get into some of... uh where people know the idea of safe spaces from. And probably the 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 two biggest that I could find were, number one, and this is first among equals, college campuses. Uh, this is from a U.S. News and World Report uh, article. Opponents of such policies argue that they encroach on academic freedom and deny students critical knowledge from an opportunity to face uncomfortable ideas and grow from pondering them. Many students and teachers say it's possible to give students a heads-up without omitting upsetting facts or causing them to walk out. Quote. It's just a precursor like when you go to a movie and you're about to see a really violent trailer says Samantha Brinkley a junior at Purchase College a SUNY school majoring in photography and gender studies before they show it they have a rating like rated R because they want you to be ready for what you are about to see which would be the idea
1: it's of it's this and- a- but it's this ancient idea of <laughs> listen to any NPR show and if they say uh, they'll they'll say now we're about to have uh, discussed with this guest some issues that are a little bit sexual nothing explicit but maybe you don't want the kids in here for this we've been doing these warnings since time began like we've always been doing it it just now has this term and then when things get a term and get a hashtag then they get hated worse and there's more fighting against it so people shouldn't have ever asked for this Triggered word to be a thing, or space word uh, space safe spaces to be a thing, because then oh, other okay. people just go, oh, 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 they got a thing I can jump on and get all pissed about. It's the same warning, and no one complained about those warnings before. It's been around forever.
0: Well, here's the other thing that uh, made Safe Spaces famous: uh, the Occupy Wall Street protests. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> this was from the Occupy Wall Street website. This was a statement that they made in 2011. Uh, It's no secret that the Wall Street 1% who wrecked our economy are disproportionately straight and male, despite countless studies showing that less uh, organizations look like the 99%, the less effective they are. As we quicken the pace of social change, we must be careful not to replicate Wall Street's mistakes. The message is clear. Equality means impact. But for women and LGBTQ people to participate equally in the Occupy movement, we must be safe in our occupied spaces. We know that harassment and assault happens everywhere, and that the Occupy movement is no more immune to it than our nation's parks and parking lots. But we also know that the movement where women and LGBTQ individuals are not safe is not a movement that serves the interests of the 99%. In solidarity with those who are already working on the ground to make safer spaces, we call on all general assemblies of the Occupy movement to adopt anti-harassment and anti-assault as core principles of solidarity.
1: I I mean anti-harassment, anti-assault. I don't know how you can't look at those two very simple things and say I'm not for those things. The problem is we dress it up in this this coding of 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 um I don't know what it's. It just it how do I explain this? It's like Black Lives Matter. It's a very important thing with a lot of people with a lot of thoughts about it. But the minute you made that a hashtag, you invited nutbags to come out of the woodwork. And fight against it simply because it's a name.
0: I don't think that's the hashtags' fault.
1: I'm not saying it's the hashtags' fault. I'm saying we as but human beings do this. I don't, I don't, I don't, do I don't this. think
0: there was hashtag Black Panthers, and they seem to get enough flack.
1: It's to me, it's like um Bay was probably cute for somebody one time when no one else was doing it. It's a every it's a everyone is doing it problem.
0: I, you're it's it's Bay.
1: Well, it's a bad, bad example
0: that's, that's the, the origin of it? It's, is the, it, the, it, no. it it's commoditizable and shareable i'm
1: just it's a bad example of it but what i'm saying is the minute you make it not viral but you make it common and then you have a lot of people sort of signaling their own virtue and i don't like the term sig- uh, virtue signaling either this is another one of those terms i we have a limited language we have so many so much in our vernacular that we can use but the minute you make a thing a poster child hashtag name for something I'm not saying it's bad or the hashtag's fault or the originator's fault. I'm saying the problem is the trolls come out in droves when you do that because the minute you say, here's a thing that we don't like and therefore we're representing it with this thing, people who want to either just poke that beast or even just to disagree with it on ridiculous terms or even on uh, maybe reasonable terms, they're still going to go after it because you've made this thing and the thing needs to change so it's no longer, it's like Make America Great Again on the other side. Re, liberals hate that. You see MAGA in a hashtag and you want to barf. You hate it so bad. But what's the difference between that and your hashtag that's, you know, safe spaces or triggered or freaking any of these things? People hate it. Triggered is the most <laughs> maligned term now, it's the butt of many, many jokes. Yeah. It's just, it's, this is what we do as human beings. I don't know. uh, This is me complaining about a thing that we do naturally. So I don't know why I'm complaining about it, but I hate, I hate that that's, that somehow becomes part of the conversation because part of it is just dudes, ladies, men, women, everybody of all stripes jumping on the thing they don't like. And what helps draw them to do that is now it's iconified in a, in a a simple single term.
0: Well, let me, let me hip you to a little bit about the origins of trigger warnings Woo-hoo! then. Yeah. All right. This is a New Republic article. Yet for a far as an uh, far from an outlier idea, trigger warnings and safe spaces grew out of impulses that are broadly shared. For many decades, the United States has been home to a thriving vernacular uh, a vernacular therapeutic culture where ordinary citizens borrow concepts from psychology and use them as tools for self-improvement. Often in the process forming distinct political and uh, social identities. In a society where Oprah Winfrey is a guru to millions and self-help books are perennial bestsellers, the adoption of folk therapy is hardly the mark of eccentricity. Moreover, trigger warnings and safe uh, safe spaces echo the larger jitteriness that has marked American culture for many decades, gaining special salience after september 11th mm. To understand trigger warnings and safe spaces we would do well to forget that uh forget the category of political correctness altogether and look back to the origins and understandings of post-traumatic stress disorder uh now this article is is long and i i i think the, the goal of this show is to shorten up and make this segment as pithy as possible so we can get to as many calls as possible. However, I do just want to illustrate some of the ideas that this article made. Uh, Specifically, if you look at the way that we have understood the soldier's consequence of war, going from, like, war fatigue in uh, the earlier part of the 20th century to what we understand now as post-traumatic stress disorder, a, a mental... A, a issue that needs to be worked through with therapy. The point here is that we are now just more cognizant of the idea that a, a, uh, a reemergence of traumatic thought can do further damage. Right. Uh, and that that's where the idea of these kinds of thoughts of trigger warnings and safe spaces have come from. Here's my second random fact from Googling uh, over a period of a couple hours. The concept of PTSD was a political fight in the psych community in the post-Vietnam era because some doctors didn't want to codify it because they wanted to protest the idea that we were at war to begin with.
1: So wait, what you're telling me is that... A lot of these arguments have come and gone They may take different forms and have different words, but really it's the same
0: kind of a separate idea. This was just like, all right, so we understand that a research based community requires a certain element of consensus. Yeah. Uh, And there was in the Vietnam era, the idea there were some of these psychological uh, uh, studies and doctors that were saying, hey, look, this is a problem and we should call it a name. Because, like any other mental disorder, it is unique and it needs to be treated uniquely. And some doctors were like, yeah, but that, like, legitimizes the fact that we're at war.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? That's a very odd thing. That's a way- yeah. I didn't expect that. Uh,
0: so, let's ask the American Psychological Association now, this is from their own website, APA.org, yeah. how they look at the usefulness and effectiveness based on research. trigger warnings some of the assumptions behind trigger warnings are clearly supported by research there is no doubt that people with ptsd do face distressing and automatic symptoms when they are re-experiencing their trauma these intrusion symptoms are common in ptsd and they are frequently caused by external reminders some of which might occur in a classroom Mm. research also uh, suggests that warnings could help students reduce distress intrusion systems such as having vivid memories of trauma are more distressing if they occur without warning then uh, a person with PTSD uh, intentionally thinks about their trauma. So making reminders to trauma more predictable and controllable with trigger warnings could reduce distress. But other assumptions behind trigger warnings are inconsistent with research. Uh, almost, uh, although almost everyone has traumatic experiences in their lifetime, in fact, it is common to have multiple traumas. Only 10% of people who go, uh, go on to develop the symptoms of PTSD, in other words, Uh, relatively few students who experience trauma have the PTSD-based intrusion symptoms that trigger warnings are intended to help. Uh, The paper goes on to say that also many intrusion systems are not caused by discussion of the trauma itself, that it is uh, oftentimes rather the uh, environment around it. So if you are triggering against the idea that you were molested as a kid, you might more be triggered by the idea that there was a similar corduroy couch in the room. Right. And as opposed to saying that you are going to discuss molestation.
1: Yeah. It sounds, it smells. It's my sister has talked about this a little bit. She's a psychologist and she's, she basically said most of this verbatim in her own words. Um, the, con, the current consensus is that, well, A, PTSD is real, uh, but, but B, it's uh, rarer than you think. And then when it does happen, it's not always because, um, you know, in a classroom, if the discussion was about rape, which is an important thing to talk about in certain social, you know, uh, so classes about sociology or whatever, uh, that that alone is a trigger. But here's my take on that: just it's okay to just say, "Hey, everybody, just letting you know, um, we're going to be talking about these issues. Um, let me know before tomorrow uh, if you have any problems with that. Or if we want to talk off to the side or anything like that, um, we'll keep it confidential." Like, why don't I want to help people feel okay? I know I understand that some would say, "Well, that's coddling, Scott." But if there is a a big brave sniper from Afghanistan who comes home and every time he hears something that sounds like a loud gunshot, goes into complete freakout mode, I want him to feel better too. You know, like why why wouldn't we want to, as a society, like back our truck up a little bit and not just call everybody triggered or freaking you know babies okay.
0: and help them out? I mean, but that's so that's one side. It's the definitely other si- one side. It, it, yeah, the other side is uh, understand all that, and it is not a lack of compassion. It is again this compassion run amok, and that and that now you have gone too far. And and if we need every book on on uh, uh, you know there was a, a story in the news uh, today or sorry this week about how uh, to kill a mockingbird yeah. is getting taken out of some library by some stupid school bureaucrat, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't read the, st- I didn't read the story. But the, the <laughs> idea is that they are disturbing <laughs> concepts and uh, uh, imagery in, in To Kill a Mockingbird, which is kind of the point of To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. right?
1: It's the ex- reason it exists in many many so, people's so opinion. yeah.
0: For every time, Scott, that you say, well, why can't we just help people? Why can't we just help people? Very often, what many on the right here is... Uh, encompassed by this song Friends in Safe Spaces if you might play a selection from Friends in Safe Spaces
1: alright I'm going to skip ahead a little on this here you go Okay, we'll get up to some uh... of Twitter just can't handle defeat you saw the surprise the fear in our eyes Donald became president <laughs> Scream this can't be true America's through to the safe spaces. We went. I've got friends in safe spaces. If you don't go with us, then you must be racist. That's our catchphrase. All right. So (laughs) that's uh, that's the song. I mean, you know,
0: uh, friends in safe spaces by Steve Mudflat McGrew and Chad Prather. Playing like the character of Liberal Larry. But. <laughs>
1: Liberal Larry, eh?
0: Uh, yeah, if you skip ahead, you can hear you can hear Liberal Larry's uh, uh, no. verse.
1: Let's see. Let me skip ahead here. Wait, why isn't it working? It's not working. Hold on. You must be racist. That's our catchphrase. Tears just
3: explode from our face.
1: It must be this guy. But yeah. Give oh, that's us an him. hour. We're delicate flowers. <laughs> He's such an asshole.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, listen, uh, and this is why I found this fascinating. While I was googling about it for two hours, uh, this is obviously something that's far more complicated. Is rooted in very, I think, widely held ideas that we should be treating our veterans better, right? And we should sure. understand that there is a cost to war, and and we should be uh, uh, trying to rehabilita- re- rehabilitate them as much as they've sacrificed for our lives and safety, uh, and not but, but and it can be applied maybe too broadly, and it, it takes this reaction of of this elongated <laughs> fart noise. Uh,
1: from the yeah, and I, I mean, that's I guess that's my problem. It isn't so much that, yes, yeah, sure, things can swing too hard the other way, but every one of these cases is an individual case. Every single one of them with their own levels of uh, weirdness and severity and lack of severity. It's different in every case. I, I'll tell you what I, I don't want to be in this world. I don't want to be someone who gets coddled or gets treated differently because he's oh like, you guys be careful. I'm a, I'm a careful little flower or whatever. I get that. I totally get that. But I more do not want to be the person who mocks somebody because, uh, a discussion of rape, um, uh, re-traumatized some young woman who didn't, deserve to be re-traumatized somebody who's still not healed or may never heal from such a horrible thing who am i to be a dick about that that's my that's my big beef here it isn't that i don't understand the point of quote unquote the right on this my point is i don't understand individuals who reduce other people down to this and blanket them all with this snowflake slash whatever trope that they're all wimps and can't handle it and they're still suckling at their millennium mother's teats. And can't figure their lives out, buck up, you know, and suck it up and freaking rush it off and rub some dirt in it. That is the most a hole thing ever because that's not the life I wanna live. I don't want people to feel shitty because I'm there. Like, if it's, and if they're faking it, if they're just trying to work the system, great, deal with those on an individual basis. It doesn't have to be a platform. Well, I I mean, I'll tell
0: you what, Uh, let's go ahead and open things up for questions. Uh, You can go ahead and give us a call live, 801. 285-9395. 2859395. Again, if you are listening to this on podcast, we record at uh, around noon Pacific time. That is 3 p.m Eastern time. And you can always write us an email, Justin Robert Young at gmail.com. We will take as many of these calls as possible. The one thing that I will ask is do us a favor with the emails. Try to write the thing that you want read on the show at the top. Just give me a TLDR uh, uh, and on the calls. Try to make your point and, uh, and then and then punch out uh, when you can, just so we can get as many of these calls in as possible.
1: Yeah, and we, we missed a bunch last week as, uh, as a result of that. So, yes, please. 801-285-9395. I know some of you are out there because we've already uh, had some of your calls coming in, but we don't take those during the early part of the show so much as we do now. Uh so get those in here. I have a, a a quick thought while we uh wait for our first caller to get back to us. Oh sorry, I keep getting texts from somebody. Um and that's this. If uh is it is it triggered if um uh somebody says I'm gay and I don't feel comfortable here. But is it but at the same token is it triggered if somebody says oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody knelt during the 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 uh the national anthem. I'm going to leave. What's the difference? Well,
0: I mean, I guess if we're going to try to be as, as fair as possible to create the best kind of argument, uh, we, we need to define what this is. Right? So trigger warnings are something different than safe spaces. Safe space is theoretically a place where uh, uh, hate and intolerance of whatever you want to define it as is not tolerated, uh, and you'd be asked to leave because you have been warned right. as you walked in. Trigger warnings are do not read uh, you know, for uh, uh, Huck Finn trigger warning slavery violence yeah. uh and rivers and ri- right <laughs> uh.
1: right no i totally understand hi we got a caller on the line who's this hi this is eric well hello eric where are you from uh, you
3: probably know me as uh on the on twitch or at uh, lithmage on eric
1: oh lithmage i know who you are how's it going
3: Uh, it's going good. How about you?
1: Good, good. What's, uh, what's your take on all this, uh, safe spaces and triggered business?
3: Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm one of those guys who's kind of like always in the middle of things. Um, I'm a white guy, but I know lots of people who are, uh, in the LGBT community. I'm all for, uh, supporting, um, racial diversity and, uh, You know, just trying to get everybody on even playing ground. Um, And I often find uh, one of the hardest things for me to do is uh, to go into these things. And I understand that there's a lot of... um, uh, Shoot, what am I trying to say here? Um, I understand that there's a lot of points where uh, some people might be faking this kind of stuff uh, just to be you know, this, the special, uh, person or to find a reason to be offended or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you on a lot of the stuff of, uh, anyone who's going out of their way to try and go after these people is a terrible person. Uh, but my, my biggest concern with, uh, what I've heard today is, um, earlier you were talking, Scott, uh, about, um, the fact that they're putting themselves out there is, drawing the trolls to them and that uh this is just causing them more trouble. But to me, uh that's that sounds pretty bad because that kinda of sounds uh like like victim blaming mean to me?
1: No, that's a good point. Um, let me let you, me let me respond to yeah. that actually. This is a really good point. I uh and I Yeah, get... why
3: are
0: you
1: blaming the victim, Scott? <laughs> I'm Why not blaming. This victims? is not a victim blaming thing. It's all safe I space, safe space it, for victims and you blamed them. Here's what I'm saying. We absolutely people should be able to do whatever they freaking want to do. And when the trolls come, I guess what I'm saying is don't be surprised. The trolls are going to come. That's all like be prepared for that. Be ready to to ignore them. Hopefully that's the way the best way to deal with it. Um, the, the problem with safe spaces is that if you ignore those trolls, they'll find out other ways in sometimes violently, sometimes bad things will happen. I'm not saying that that should shut everything down. In fact, I'm pro don't ever shut anything down. Don't stop anyone's speech the best you can. I'm just saying that when you when you glamorize, not glamorize, when you immortalize it in the form of a short, quick, viral hashtag, just know the storm that comes with that. That's all. I'm not saying that that's their Scott, fault. Scott it's not say, their fault.
0: Scott's saying when you dress that way, you need to understand... <laughs> that's gonna have to face that
1: kind of i can't i that's a, all right we'll talk about that in a sec hi you're on the air who's this
4: hey scott hey justin it's Ian. and i am sci hey man what's up it- not too much not too much um so i'm, I'm gonna be nice and quick about it because uh i want you guys to be able to get people other than people from new york this time around <laughs> um but uh <laughs> i know uh Specifically with the, the trigger warnings and the safe spaces, I remember, you know, back in the day, because you guys brought up nine eleven and immediately that, that comes to mind as somebody who's lived in New York, you know, all 33 years of his life, uh, you know, and I remember how everybody got immediately... Uh, extra sensitive about you know the the, the the World Trade Center being in the background in movies and like and and movie trailers coming out and stuff like that and like oh when's the right time for us to start even mentioning the the World Trade Center again mm-hmm. after you know a, an incident like that happened and I remember that that was specifically happening mostly outside of New York mm. that you know when when that happened in in New York we we were kind of like you know, whatever it happened. Like we got to move forward. We got to move up. We got to move on. Like even for people who, you know, lost people, like we didn't want to stop talking about it. We mm. wanted to actually address it. Yeah. And I think that it's difficult to find that balance between um, addressing it and being sensitive to those who have had things happen to them in their
1: lives. Sure. I, and I, a great call. I, I would, I, uh, this is part of the problem with like, if we ever did an episode on let's say uh let's say it was you know rape was the was the episode. I mean yeah. sure sure there are a couple of much more minority examples of of men experiencing traumatic uh uh rape or sexual assault. But it's we can all agree it is primarily an act of heinousness towards women. And the fact that you and I would be discussing it sans women uh on the on the episode is kind of like what he's talking about. We have the empathy. We have the feeling for them. We want that 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 injustice not happen, but we don't really have the perspective that they have. And I think that happens a lot, and it's hard. I mean, when that happened, it was a national tragedy. It was a New York tragedy, number one, but it was immediately a national one. And so it's, it's easy for somebody up in Wyoming to go, well, I think we ought to take every Twin Tower out of every movie ever made, and it's somebody else to defy that down in some other state. Like... I, I don't know how you get around that. I guess is what I'm saying. I agree with him that it's that the, it happens. The but idea, the
0: idea, the operative concept here is how do we handle a one size fits all society for people that don't fit in that society, right? right? And and if it's something as frivolous as the Spider-Man trailer, uh, where uh, initially the the teaser trailer for the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie involved Spider-Man foiling a bank height by creating a web in between the twin towers. Right, and then that was scrapped Mm -hmm. when 9-11 happened and there were no longer Twin Towers to suspend your disbelief that Spider-Man would stop bank robbers in. Uh, That was let's take it away. In these cases, you can't exactly reshape the college for everybody that might have a, a problem, so how do you solve that issue? And that's where I think the solutions of trigger warnings and safe spaces comes in. It is the application, as is often the case that gets us in trouble and
1: i'll say before we take this next caller i'll say one other thing that happened to me personally but it didn't this is going to seem dumb on the surface just so let let me just get it out but i was sitting with a friend who really reacted poorly he had seen and i don't know why he put himself through this but he had seen the daniel pearl beheading video yeah um and it really i mean kept him up at night he would have horrible nightmares like it really got him. Now, I don't know that he was ever diagnosed with any sort of PTSD or anything like that, but it clearly had a really bad effect on him. And there was a time where we were sitting watching literally an episode of The Simpsons, a Halloween episode. And in this episode, Homer got his head lopped off. Yeah. And it got tossed onto a table or something. And it was a joke and it was funny. And for me, it was just like, huh, it's a cartoon and whatever. I don't even think about it. He was visibly upset. You could see it in his face. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring up this example is sometimes we don't know when it's happening or even the times where we do know that there's a chance of this happening. It still comes down to me being an empathetic friend who doesn't go, dude, suck it up. It's just a cartoon head. You can't be that guy. You have to take this one individual stance. This is the hard work of this. There is no quick fix. There is no miracle diet for this. You have to stop. You have to look him in the eye and go, dude, I'm so sorry. I forgot that this was even in here or whatever the conversation needs to be to show that you care about him, that you have empathy for him. And it's as simple as that. And if everybody's doing that on the ground, then who cares if it's got a big name or a hashtag or everybody thinks they should be doing it or some school's now forcing it. Like, it's all gone too far. It just needs to be me, you, and a conversation, some empathy, some friendship, some love. It's That's not a hippie idea. It actually freaking works. Like, that's straight up it. So anyway, we got a caller. Let's find out who this is. Hi, who's this?
2: Hey, this is Jordan from Ohio. How are you guys doing? Good, good.
1: Always good to hear from Jordan. Jordan, what's on your mind?
2: Well, um, I wanted to go back, and it's probably a little while ago, but you had mentioned, Scott, that you know, don't be surprised when the trolls come. And, and kind of alluded to, you know, be ready for when the trolls come. And I've never really faced any oppression. You know, I'm a, a white male. I'm straight. I'm an evangelical Christian. Never in the entire history of my life been, have I been persecuted for really anything at all. I've got red hair, so I I can face, you know, light persecution by being called ginger all the time, but that's about it. Like, you know, so when I'm engaging with these ideas, I'm thinking specifically of people of color and of women, um, not so much PTSD, which definitely, I think there's more of a psychological need for a, a safe space in that area. But when I think of those, like, I just, I try to take a step back and I look at what they're saying and it just seems like they're, they're tired. They're tired of defending it. They're tired of the trolls coming. So I think that us saying, you know, just at least be prepared when the trolls come. I don't know if that's really a fair statement. And this is probably way off of what you guys are talking about now. So you're probably not even really relevant. But you know, I think that we as people in a privileged position need to be more aware of You know, the people that are are not in these privileged positions, these people that are being oppressed, we need to be aware that, you know, the trolls shouldn't be coming after them. And we need to try to do a good job of, I don't know how to say, preventing or just not brushing it off of, well, you know, they're going to come, so be ready. Because I don't know if that's a a healthy or acceptable place to be. Mm. But then again, you know, this is just ideas, not actual solutions um well no but you do
1: lead it leads to uh, thanks for the call Leads to a really important point about how uh, a lot of what's happening during this wine scene stuff and these women coming forward um what people don't want to hear you say is well as a father of two daughters and married to a wife i'm i understand you know like they don't want to hear that what they want to hear instead is no proclamations no no big twitter pinned posts they don't want to hear that what they want to hear is co-worker at work comes up to you and says are you okay uh or says to the guy who is clearly giving you crap dude back off like what they need is support people who are also around you along with these thugs and idiots who have uh who show empathy and show kindness to you and and want to help you whatever that may be whether you're a man whether you're a woman whether you're black whether you're white whether whatever you are Whatever you uh, uh, purport to be or not to be, just your existence, somebody around to help you out and to stick up for you. That's huge. And that's, been, that's a need we have from the minute we're born until the day we die. Nobody wants to die alone in an alleyway surrounded by rats. And nobody wants to be born into that same alley, into a dumpster. We want to yeah. have people around. We want caring people. And that's all I think these people are asking for. So want okay. I want to I I amend something I said earlier real quick. I think I'm coming around on this. It's Part of it is because I'm tired of not being able to do much about these things. So I get really emotional about it, but I don't know what to do. And it's probably, it's not fair to say, well, just know the trolls are coming. If you're going to do it, just be prepared. This isn't a Boy Scout camp where you might have some cold nights, right? Like I I realize that it's a little basic to say that. So I would amend that by saying, I mean, I'll do whatever I can in the situations I find myself in to have people's backs and try to do that. Like, that's all I can do. I don't know what else to do. Well, here, let, let, me, let me just uh, uh,
0: illustrate, because I, I do, again, just want to reiterate that I don't think that a lot of people that would be critical of safe spaces and trigger warnings would disagree with anything that you're saying. Yeah. They yeah. would say, yes, of course, we need to be empathetic. Yes, of course, we need to tend to those that are in need. And yes... Uh, I am fine amending the way that we go about things so we can make their lives better and easier because they have already suffered trauma and pain. Mm-hmm. But when do we know when these lines have gone too far mm. or on the other end, can they go too far? Because the argument from from critics of this, and again, this is from the right and the left, is that you are if if you get too aggressive with this. You ultimately are creating an avoidance culture that does not help us therapeutically work through conflicts. Right. Uh, and and we are, you know, then you can stretch out, you can you can write out the the long division on where that gets to. Yo, the all these soft millennials and they all got participation trophies and yada 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 because they've been shielded from every conflict and then they come out into the real world and they're remaking it into something that's awful and terrible. Uh, which I think. That's people taking things to their own extreme, but certainly, we we ha- we we can understand that this can be misused, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course.
1: I mean, that, yes. So when when do we know it? When do we know when it's being misused? Well, and that's the that's the big question. I don't know. I don't know how you know because, like, let's let's put it this way. I mean, is there a val? I, I hate to keep going back to the anthem protest stuff, but is there a valued argument for? The protests, some would say yes, but then when it becomes such a national conversation um, and, and everybody starts doing it, at what point do you defend that protest but not others? Like why? You can do this on both sides. Why is it okay for me to believe that a player can kneel and protest at, the, at these things and have that way of protesting, but I'm not okay with Richard Spencer walking down the street with a tiki torch? Um, and on the other side, why do some say it's why is it OK for uh, for Richard Spencer to do that and not these guys kneel like it's it's the same damn argument, but two totally different divergent sides. And I don't know when the, the flip happens. I think it happens the minute. The Internet gets hold of it and then we all go nuts like but, I, I, mean, I don't again, know. Again,
0: I think like th- there is obviously a culture around here. And, and one thing that I kind of realized as I did more and more research on this is that I believe that the idea of safe spaces to a certain extent, while a very interesting topic is in many ways really just a starting point for exactly what this show's about, which is identity and culture politics right uh, uh you know while there is i I, I believe that that here a, an example that many would point to. On, on these kind of ideas, not not having run amok, but maybe going too far, is that there are many people, and by many people I mean many w- within a, a circle of uh, where I live in, in Oakland, California, that are made physically ill by the idea that Donald Trump is our president, right? <laughs> and so now we can understand that they are in pain, that they are scared, that they are terrified of the world. That is unfolding beyond them what is the right or what, what what is the best way to handle the idea that they don't want to hear anybody in any way talking about why you would vote for Donald Trump in well, any situation if they're on a college campus that this uh, you know even if, if they're studying political thought that we should understand that that the, that the pain caused by this election should not be revisited
1: well maybe the trick is maybe the the uh how do i put this the injured in the in the argument has to be so clearly injured in other words even then it may not matter but it was clear during the world during the end of world war ii that the germans slash nazis were in the wrong and the millions of jews killed were victims and those who were put in concentration camps that seemed obvious
0: all right, we're, we're, really, we're really staking but, out the... And I don't want I'm
1: to... I'm only using it as an example, but my point is, even that lopsided situation, bunch of dead people and the people who perpetrated it, okay, yeah. despite reasons. Even then, people find reasons to argue the other way around. They still argue that. So it's less... <laughs> I mean, I'm always impressed by people's ability to take a thing that seems obvious on its face and, and flip it around the other way because what you've just described yeah. can happen on both sides easily sure. and quickly and is happening on both sides. So on the one hand, you've got people saying, ah, take your identity politics and take them somewhere else. And then they grab their gun and their, and their, and their Confederate flag and they take a picture of it and post it on Facebook where they are showing what? Their identity politics. Of like, It's just, to me, you almost have to have as cut and dry as possible victim, not victim for it to be anything less than that, and like I'm saying, even then, the Jews and the Nazis, still there are people who would argue the other way around, so I don't know. I mean, I'm i not trying to be bleak about this, but I don't know if there's an answer to that. I don't know. De- defining where the line is is like saying, you know, Trump is acting like he's could not be more pro-Second Amendment right now, but... He seems pretty anti-First Amendment. Why? What's the difference? The two amendments in the same Constitution that were supposed to both be important and he promised to defend. So why? Well, because people have their shit. <laughs> and they don't know. And they and they have their ideas the, of the thing that protects them or benefits them or gives them more. So they'll lean that direction. But really, they're all doing the same thing. It's the same thing. Different identity, same politics. Look well,
0: at I mean, there's certainly a war, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Certainly, there's certainly a fight over it uh and and ultimately i you know if you look at like the google trends on safe spaces and trigger warnings yeah uh it's it's all in the last like two years
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: and and you know what really kicked up two years ago <laughs> yeah. the presidential election yeah oh yeah uh you know the, this is just uh these arguments are having a moment in time that uh, I I don't know. <laughs> you know, here a, a trigger warning. Let me go. Let me go ahead and look here. At the I'm past. looking.
1: I'm looking at Wikipedia's definition of it. While you're looking that up, this is pretty funny. Anything to do with trigger warnings or trigger or any of the like associated links? If I go to them, they all have the neutrality of this article is disputed tags. Yeah, because even though this thing is pretty scientific. A, tra- a trauma warning is a trauma slash trigger warning is an experience that causes someone to recall a previous traumatic memory. I mean, it's like it's like math. It's boring the way this is described. Yet there is controversy even here as to what whether or not that's neutral to say that. And so, <laughs> All right, so here,
0: uh, uh, Google Trends trigger warnings really started to pick up in any uh, meaningful way back in 2012. It peaked in August 2016, I mean, geez, sounds, man, sounds right on the button there, right? Yep. Uh, and then 2015 was when Safe Spaces really took off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I, I kind of really feel like this is something that is just talked about a, a lot by people who just want to talk about other things. Yeah. You know, like this is because you're right. Right. What we're doing is trying to, to, to uh, create a codification for something that is so slippery mm-hmm. that is so nebulous that really is a a community by community kind of solve and nobody is debating that trauma warnings are a thing they are arguing when they should be used and whether or not they should ever be
1: assailed right and the answer to that is <laughs> complicated <laughs> Like, I don't, want, I don't want to start removing words from... The, see, again, there's when you start swinging too far. Like, what is, what is too far? If, if I'm asked, Scott, do you want people to be called... Um, uh, let's, say, let's say, do I want gay people to be called uh, the, the F word for gay people? You know, the one I mean. Yeah. I'd say, no. I think that's mean. That's awful. Why would you do that? You know that it's mean. Why would you even ask that question? But then if you said to me, Scott, do you want that to be removed from the dictionary or have anyone thrown in jail who says it? No. No, I don't want that. I want them to 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 experience the free market shame they should experience by just yeah. saying it, and then you know everyone should think less of them for saying it because that's what what this is. That's that's what will make change in people. It's throwing them in jail and 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 ripping it from the record is not going to do it. So maybe that's my line. Maybe it's the minute you start suggesting uh, things like such cens- a censorship, especially from a government uh, entity or. Uh, you know, the, the threat of the loss of somebody else's freedom for the words they say. Like, that's really hard for me. And I mean that across the board. Like, I don't even want to hear someone drop the N-word. Um, unless it's in a really good rap song I like. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear some white guy go, I don't want to hear Richard Spencer <laughs> it's like stand a good up. a good
0: rap song that you like with the N-word in
1: <laughs> I don't want Richard Spencer to get up and go, you're all a bunch of N-words. But I don't think I want him thrown in jail for saying that.
0: Sure. I don't, I don't know. I, I really even
1: feel uncomfortable talking about saying his <laughs> name. Uh, uh, just, I don't like kidding. saying his name either because stuff happens. Yeah, I, uh, I get it. I, it's the only example I can think of because whatever. He's a yeah, he's in the he's in the this happens to him. This is actually he's I'll actually get, a good example. Let
0: me let me, let me let me let me hijack this thing
1: a little bit. All, All right, right. So
0: Kappa Slasher in in the Twitch chat says, here's a wild idea. Maybe people are too sensitive, followed immediately by D8UV. Who says trigger warnings and safe spaces were popularized by the right as a way to make college campuses the other and to allow a way to mock and demonize them? Uh, uh, which one of these do you want to tackle first?
1: Sensitivity.
0: All right. Maybe people are too sensitive.
1: It's too blanket. What does that mean? People who? What people? And and how many? And what level of sensitivity? What's your gauge for that? That's that. I, I, think, s-
0: I think that there's. There, there's not a question that we are more sensitive as a people now than we were before. Uh, I think that part of that is by uh, uh, understanding pain and trauma from any and all sides. Okay. and, and I, I think, without a doubt, we are far more empathetic than we were before with social media. Now, where empathy metastasizes is the more interesting question for me. Yeah. Because very often, uh, uh, the, the empathy that we feel toward one person means that we want to punish the other person Mm -hmm. you can apply that in any way that you want Mm -hmm. but i don't think that there is a question to say that we are more sensitive now
1: um yeah it depends on what he means if he means if he means individuals are more sensitive to having their feelings hurt then i take issue with that if he means we are more sensitive and receptive and able to get the broader pictures and and the more empathetic range then yeah i agree with that but that's different those aren't the same things He's he's I think he's saying it in a pejorative, and if he's not, he can email me and talk to me. But definitely saying it is as as a pejorative. Yeah, if he means it as a as a pejorative term, then then I totally disagree. There's there's way too much of individuality, and I cannot. The only absolutes are in this life are there are no absolutes. Like I cannot stand blanket stuff where everybody does a thing. It just isn't true. First of all, it's just factually incorrect. So generalizations, f those. I'm not a fan.
0: So here, here's also what I would say to D8UV, saying the trigger warnings and safe spaces were popularized by the right as a way to demonize colleges. Number one, the right has never had a problem finding ways to demonize of, of yeah. the largely ivory tower liberal institutions of universities. Mm-hmm. Like, that's th- this is something that has uh, its roots not only ideologically, but I also believe uh, that there is a class argument, that th- th- there is this entrenched idea of rural poor versus city rich mm-hmm. uh, uh that that's what the you know the, the the blue bloods get their kids sent to colleges so they can learn all their fancy uh ways that they can demonize other people and and you know i i, I think that there's there's a lot to unpack in the conservatives versus college argument including the idea that now uh you know you look at uh, and, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, take your own opinions of, of the names that I'm about to mention, but uh, uh, Ben Shapiro and uh,
1: Milo, I can't
0: pronounce his last name. And uh, I always forget
1: whatever it is. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced. I can't pronounce his last name. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, And I can't remember the uh, Adios America uh, blonde author.
1: Oh, Colin. Tony, Tony.
0: No, no,
1: no, no, no. The woman, the, the, uh... No, it's a woman I'm thinking of. is Tony Lair, or whatever her name is. T-O-N-I? No,
0: the, Tommy, Tommy Lair. Oh,
1: Tommy. Anyway. That's it. The,
0: the, um, the, the idea that now those speakers make a living with these college campuses, and the more of a stink they can make, the better. You know, uh, this is a very oddly, uh, financially symbiotic relationship between, uh, a, uh, fire-breathing conservative uh, uh, speakers and liberal institutions. You can say that there was no moment in which Milo, I can't pronounce his last name, was more famous than when he got shut down at UC Berkeley yeah. and the president tweeted about it. Oh, yeah. That is the nadir of fame. This is a symbiotic relationship between a, a campus that wants to keep him away and his uh career effectively
1: yeah no it's 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 uh it's PewDiePie and YouTube you know they don't want them <laughs> spewing racist or, or nationalist shit but they really need PewDiePie there's a lot of numbers going through that guy so it's it's kind of the same thing it's not quite the same thing but but anyway yeah I I, I agree with that I don't know uh we're almost out of time but I, I I think the 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 bottom line for me is this is one of the more frustrating parts of the current culture wars to me is this idea that one side is oversensitive and the other side has got all their shit together um and i don't care and 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 by the way you're going to hear from both sides that, that that they're one or the other right like so i've got conservative friends who think they have got it going on i have liberal friends who think they have got it going on and everybody opposed to them is losing their minds so it's almost like the it's almost like a sketch in a sketchbook of this show the reason we're doing it uh, it's going to be the least episode you're going to walk away with some like concrete answers. Uh, however, the only answer I really believe in here, and this is just Scott's thing, take it or leave it, but I believe the, the answer here, or one of the answers here, is treating everybody like an individual. My friend Andrew, who bought a Donald Trump uh, tie unironically and loves everything about the Trump administration... He and I can still sit and talk about the things we love together, uh, despite my utter distaste for Donald Trump. My point is a a personal connection with people who are quote unquote triggered by things, or connection with people who need a safe space, or a connection with people who think that stuff's a bunch of junk, and we're just taught to rub it off and get up and keep going. Whatever their whatever their stance is, that's how this stuff gets changed. That's how this stuff. uh uh, matters it won't matter if it's just some schmoo on the internet between me and some stranger it's not going to do anything so that's that'd be the only suggestion i have today for a way to help solve this and if we all did it like it's always like that thing if we all just drank one glass of water today or if we all gave one dime to a charity today imagine the difference you know i understand how high-minded and whatever that is yeah but I still think that's where it matters. It matters on the ground. It matters between real people. It's, it's about you giving your best effort to do the best you can for the relationship you're trying to have or try to build or try to help. And that's it. Like nothing, none of this other stuff's going to really, it's not going to help to have, um, institutionally, uh, mandated safe spaces. I yeah. hate to say it. It just isn't because the minute you do that, then you got a million reasons why that's bad and dangerous and, oppressive to other points of view and like we've talked about it all overlaps on itself
0: well geez we're gonna need a trigger warning for over schmaltzy hippie solutions <laughs> <on this episode.
1: laughs> uh, i know it comes off that way but it's not it's not about me going know, why know, can't we all just, just get along I was just, going, I was just going for the joke i was just going for it's the. it's pretty joke. good it's a damn damn good joke um uh, Well, ladies
0: and gentlemen, if you would like to email in on this uh, uh, topic, then please go ahead and do it. Justinrobertyoung at gmail.com. Go ahead and put unfriend me in the subject line. You can call into this show at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on twitch.tv slash frogpants at 801-285-9395. Go ahead and put it in your phone so you can... You can dial it whenever you want, uh, Scott. Anything uh, that you want to mention
1: we get out? I don't think so. Uh, other than uh, make sure you check out other stuff we have going on over at Frogpants.com, uh, DiamondClub.tv. Of course, a lot of stuff happening over there. And uh, Justin's—you're you're always on Twitch, so people should be watching your Twitch channel. I do a lot of that as well. Support us where you can. We got some cool stuff coming up. I don't know what our what's our vote for next week. Do we have the we have an idea? What our oh, next crap. two
0: Yeah, let, 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 let's uh pick one off the list. Uh uh I'm gonna do you have the can you pop the list up I in front it, of you? I got it time? right
1: here, yep, I got it. All yeah. right, I'm gonna go with fake news. Fake news. That's a good one. Um I'm gonna go with the N-word, only black people are allowed to say it. Oh, fake news versus the N word. <laughs> <laughs> They're both N words, but one's a lot harder to say in polite company. Uh, news or the n-word yeah I think either uh, those are our votes you guys will get to vote follow Justin R. Young and Scott uh, Johnson on Twitter and you'll have links to uh, to where you can vote and have your voice be heard on what we do next week Uh, I think that's going to do it for us thank you all for listening this has been unfriend me with Scott and uh, Justin we hope you come back next week for another sticky wicket (laughs) we like to call unfriend me Justin thanks very much bye Bye, everybody